Welcome to Author Conversations, presented by Arcadia Publishing and the History Press. And just like last year, it is time this month to focus on some of our spookier titles. And today I will be talking with Nancy Elwood, who is Arcadia Publishing's director for children's books, about our new book series, Spooky America. Spooky America is adapted from Arcadia Publishing's best-selling Haunted America series, which is more than 300 titles strong, and brings you the ghoulish, gruesome, fantastically phantasmal stories of our nation's undead souls. Rewritten for the middle-grade audience, these terrifically terrifying tales bring local history to life. Even if the main players are dead, ghosts, hauntings, legends, and unexplained phenomenon keep readers wrapped and celebrate local history and lore. You can find the titles in the Spooky America series online at ArcadiaPublishing.com. Nancy, thanks for joining me. Hiya, glad to be here. Uh, Nancy, we both uh, work for a history company, but what gave you an interest in history? Um, I'm actually kind of a science nerd in that I love to know uh, what happens behind things, behind how things work and where things came from. And I think that ties in really closely to history. So when you're talking about like our company does books on, you know, old towns and old houses. And so I want to know why, why did that town get established there? And why did it experience the things it did? And why did this building fall down when it did? Like, I want to know all the stories that go behind what we find today. Like, how did we get here? And from where did we come? And why did it happen that way? So it's it's the behind the scenes workings and what happened first, second, third that really fascinate me. So in that sense, that's my I like the history of how we got to where we are. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it too, you know, kind of a scientific method way of looking at history. Sort uh, of. I never really thought about it that way. That's uh, pretty interesting. And I think in the past I've told you through email or either that time that uh, Megan and I did a presentation at Lunch and Learn that you were at. Uh-huh. Um, I've told you how ghost stories were my introduction to history when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Why do you think ghost stories are such a good introduction to history? Well, I think to tell a good ghost story, um, you've got a ghost who's either angry or sad or happy or haunts a certain place on a certain day. So it's like, well, why? Why is that guy angry or why is he only in this one room of this house? So you need a rich backstory and, you know, the, the motivations and the actions and the consequences of what people have done are directly related to what this ghost's behavior is. So you need to know the history of a place and of the people who live there or work there or whatever it is. Um, in order to get to, in order to understand and be spooked by why that ghost is there. Sure. It's, you know, a bang in the night is scary, but when you find out it's because that is the ghost of somebody who was murdered in that room because he stole money from this other guy's grandfather who established the city you're in. Like, you know, it, it keeps going back. And, um, to tell a good ghost story, you need a really good history story that leads up to some spirit that just can't rest. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, for instance, I remember in our town, there was a, or near to our town, there is the story of the trestle. You know, it seems like everybody has a crybaby bridge nearby or something mm-hmm. like that. But 
the trestle was supposed to be, and there was different stories of a trestle that there was uh, someone killed out there in a horrible murder, or there was someone who, you know, of course, the rail lineman who had his head cut off in a horrible train accident, or, you know, what have you. But then, if we actually have a book on this incident, learning about that rail line, it led me to learn about the Camp Creek accident further up that line in McDonough that happened. And it was a really horrible train accident that happened in bad weather where, where a bridge got washed out and the train was behind schedule. And as the train left the station, they said, we're either going to have breakfast in Atlanta or dinner in hell, the engineer said. And oh there was no, you know, slowing down the train they were hitting they tried to warn them that the somebody had saw the bridges washed out was trying to warn the bridges washed out they blew past the person and that led me to learning about that history so even ghost stories that you know may not have like actual fact to them can lead you down the road to like learning about that area too and oh absolutely that's just and that, an well, example for me in my life i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say and that will lead you to other ghost stories you know like you you everything has um i guess not everything is haunted <laughs> but but you're you're 100 right like you start going down those rabbit holes of well wait a second how did that guy get there and you know you're right you go off on these tangents and it it's great because it gives you a, a, such a full story of especially when you're doing like the research or that that sort of train of events that you were just talking about um no pun intended no pun intended, actually, <laughs> but it get, like it's so regional too. So you're you're not jumping. You're sometimes re those rabbit holes will take you far and wide, but it's really neat that yours kept you in that region and it gave you this bigger um, explanation and discussion of you know the history of that place. Yeah, which is what's so fun about about what Arcadia does and what these books you know capture. Yeah, and th so that's the Camp Creek train crash, and that led me to learning about another ghost story, of course, surrounding that train crash, because so many people died in that train crash. Of course, and there's when there's tragedy, there are ghosts, so. Well, I mean, there, there kind of has to be. I think it's in the rule book somewhere, the ghost rule right, book. Right, right. So, I mean, it's it's really interesting to just, you know, see how people, you know, they, it's almost when something bad happens, it's expected to have a ghost there, even if, you know, I know... If you're wanting to really learn the history of a place you're going to visit or something, you know, look up the lo local legends, local folklore, and you really get the taste of the place. Oh, uh, absolutely. I kind of feel it's like that so, go oral ahead. history. No, I'm sorry. It's that oral history that has come down and that has more merit in a lot of ways. You know, you can learn the facts of a place, but to get the flavor of it, you need those those sort of off the beaten track stories. Yeah. And if a place doesn't have that, it's probably going to be a pretty boring place, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, but almost everywhere has it. Every town has that little story. Every town has that little house that has, you know, what they say, like, there was a mean old man who lived here, you know, who they really strange do, like, noises coming from his house. And you're like, okay. Absolutely. And you kind of want to go into it, you know, and there's just, I mean, there was a house and people's imaginations run wild and they start making up stuff. Uh, with things, you know, you can you kind of think crazy things about it. We were visiting last Christmas, for instance, Nancy in Thomasville, Georgia. We went on a house tour of this old Victorian house. And uh, when we left the house, there and I have pictures on my phone still from it because it was just weird. Um, we left and we looked up and there were 
all these more buzzards than I've ever seen in my life all over the house, on the oh. chimneys, uh, all, all over the roof of the house, circling the house and on the trees. And I was like, this is the making of a Southern ghost story if I've ever seen one. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the trees are bare and empty too. So it was extra creepy to see Ooh. them on the bare limbs and everything because, you know, wintertime, so all the leaves have fallen. So I just thought, wow. So, you know, so your mind starts to think, okay, so did anything happen in this house? But I didn't want to, you know, of course, fall back in and be that guy who was like, hey, is this house haunted? Because I used to hate that. <laughs> You know, at the end of the tour when I was about to leave and somebody, you know, cornered me and asked that um, if I was getting ready to go home because we were the last tour of that day in the house. So I didn't want to do that to the lady who was giving us the tour. But, you know, your mind starts to race and that's the human mind. You're trying, you know, to think about why are, you know, even something as simple as a buzzard, you know, obviously there was something dead nearby, even though I couldn't smell it. But you right, try but to make what a reason. Was it? Yeah. How did it get there? I was like, what does it mean? Yeah. Well, that many buzzards, I was like, is there a dead elephant nearby? What's happening? <laughs> so, but it was really interesting uh, to see all that. So, I mean, every, it just leads you down so many rabbit holes. And I remember one of my first, because we used to come to Charleston all the time when I was a kid, you know, and I'm, I'm here now, based here now. But that really led me to my favorite period of American history, Nancy, it was just a uh, colonial history, revolutionary war history, because uh-huh. we took a ghost tour here. And they were talking about Colonel Isaac Hayne, which is you know a ghost story that you know I'll let people look up. And he was a Revolutionary War hero, and how his ghost was supposedly used to haunt here. And they were talking about you know people from the 1700s whose spirits are still in the town, people from 1800s. And I was like, wow, so these people here, their spirits are supposedly still here from the founding, before the founding of our nation. And uh-huh. to me, that was like, wow, so there's still a connection to them here. And so you start to learn about their lives and then their ghost story is interesting, but the actual factual history of their lives is even more interesting and more intricate in detail. And history to me is more interesting than any work of fiction you'll ever read. I've always said that since I've gotten into really, really studying history. And I think these books are going to be a great gateway to history for kids. And I think maybe... Tell me if I'm wrong, but is that the idea for how this series came about? Um, sort of. I mean, we definitely want to get kids um, excited about reading. And we, um, Arcadia Children's Book started just over a year ago. And while I, you know, came up, came to the job as the publishing director full of new ideas for things we could do, I couldn't ignore the treasure trove of local history that Arcadia and History Press published and the content that's already there. Now it's all for adults, but it's amazing. And the breadth of, especially like the Images of America series is astonishing. And what tiny little towns have a book about them and how many structures and houses and and farms are covered in there and they all have a story. So it was like, well, how do we bring that kind of connection to the history of a local place to kids? I mean, 100 year old houses are great and all, but they're no, 12 year old is going to read much about them except if they're haunted. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I was delighted to dig into the haunted America series. We've got more than 300 of those. And as I was reading them, it, it does the same thing. So much of our other backlist does. And that is, it just celebrates the history of a place via the stories that people report now. So the idea was to, 
kick off this incredible new imprint with something really, really fun and exciting that was going to get kids really energized and get the attention of parents and teachers and librarians for this new imprint. Like, wait, what do they, what do they have to offer that I want to give to my students or my community kids or whatever. And so to tell ghost stories is a a commercial idea. It's going to, you know, people are going to buy it. It's going to be really fun. But what's special about ours is they are all based in fact, they tell the history of these places and um quote these quote unquote places range in um type so for the first eight books that we published there's like charleston and savannah which are cities we have long island um which is a region really and new england which is a larger region and we also have a structure we have the queen mary which is a, a well it's a hotel but it's a ship it's a former luxury liner that's um, moored in Long Beach, California is now a permanent hotel and museum. But um, so it doesn't matter what those places are. They all have a story to tell. And that's, I think that's the best part of these books. So the idea wasn't simply let's do history books for kids with a twist. It was let's get kids reading and excited about our new venture and in doing so enrich their lives and excite their um, the grownups in their life with this sort of dual storytelling where it's a really, really fun ghost story, but it's also a really terrific historical look at a place you hold dear or where you live or where your grandparents came from, you know, why you would choose to read a book about that place. Um, you already have a connection to it. So now you learned a little more and got a little spooked and want to tell your friends about it. And that all builds to, wanting to read more, wanting to get more books of the same kind, wanting to learn more history. So it's a great gateway for, to get kids. And this is their middle grade. So it's eight to 12 years old. So they can be the kids. Those ages are pretty good readers. They're still building their skills. They're becoming much more independent readers. They don't read with their parents anymore. They don't want to. And um, so when we've got them, we've got this terrific, energized, captive audience. So we get to tell them fun stories and teach them a lot, too. Yeah. And speaking of beloved places, uh, before we start recording, I told you that there was a place in the book that was near and dear to me in the Charleston book. And I was reading through the Charleston book, and it was one of my old workplaces in the book, Drayton Hall. Oh, really? Yeah. And this was a perfect example of how I used to use, I used to segue ghost stories into history stories because people used to visit the museum and they had heard the site was haunted. And William Henry is the ghost story in the book. Uh And he was the oldest son of John Drayton who built Drayton Hall. And anyway, so William Henry had a short but a fascinating life, but I would use it, use that ghost story to talk or, you know, you talk about William Henry's life because he was a firebrand patriot, but he had a very short life and died while serving in the Continental Congress um, in Philadelphia in 1779, the same year his father died here in South Carolina. Uh, but I would also use it to talk about the Revolutionary War in the area and the generals who used the house as headquarters because there were two different British generals that used the house as headquarters and one American general. Um, and how the British Army crossed the Ashley River there in 1780 um, to march down to siege Charleston. And later, you know, they would capture the city after uh, crossing the Ashley River there. And how um, I'd be able to use this to talk about the story of the enslaved people at Drayton Hall, too, to tell the whole encompassing story of the site. 
and how there were two very different worlds that existed there um, with the owners of the house and the enslaved there. Um, when you introduced us to this series over a year ago, I knew there was going to be kids who are like I was and whose imagination would be captured and would you know start to dig deeper um, and then you know get hooked. And I think you know your department has done an incredible job with this book series. Thank you. Um, I'm thrilled. I've had so much terrific input and help from so many different parts of um, the folks at Arcadian History Press, too, because uh, I came in and there's logistics of, you know, how any publishing house makes a book. But the depth of knowledge of everybody who we work with is astonishing and how folks from different regions um and who represent different regions uh, at our company know the stories and know what readers are interested in and what, what stories are rumor that aren't really great, but other stories that are maybe not so well known, but we've got a couple ideas or a couple books about them already that, that they know their readership love. It's amazing to have that kind of in, insight into these little corners of our country because it, it's so specialized. Um, it's a really unique look at American history. And like you said, like, I love that as soon as you, you know, heard about the series and read this book, like you've tied these stories directly to, you know, important turning points in our country's history. I mean, our story about William Henry Drayton is that it's William Henry Drayton, right? Yes, ma'am. Is like he was sort of um, a fiery, somewhat mysterious, perhaps jerk of a guy. <laughs> and he died mysteriously and kind of so did his dad. And what was all that? I mean, we played up the suspense for reader purposes, but it really does open up the questions like, well, let's learn more about what was going on then. Yeah, and the, you know, and there's more, you know, just like there's more to the story, I would encourage people to read it because he, you know, there's one thing I will say in the book to read more about because his younger brother didn't get the house outright. The stepmother oh, got the house. Ooh. Yeah. There's a plot twist. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Ah, yeah. what was she feeding him? Well, William Henry actually dies of a fever in Philadelphia. And he was actually one of the more ardent patriots here in town. And actually his uncle was Lieutenant Royal Governor William Bull in town. And he tried to get Lieutenant Governor Bull to join you know, the patriot side. But he said no, and he loved his uncle. And you can still visit the house on Meeting Street where his uncle lived. And wow. see basically the, ha- the steps where they say, said goodbye to each other would never see each other again. Um Oh, wow. Yeah. William Henry knew that this, in South Carolina especially, the Revolutionary War would be uh, a civil war, and there would be families fighting family. And, in fact, he tried to have a treaty at 96, you know, to say, to be like, well, in case we can work this out with Britain, you know, back before even the first, you know, back before it was a full-on revolution, let's not have fighting between loyalists and patriots. So yeah. there's a lot to William Henry's story. Well, I love to know that because we didn't give him very much time here in the ghostly tales of Charleston. <laughs> yeah, but it's enough to hopefully whet people's appetite to learn more exactly. about him. Exactly. And to visit Drayton Hall, you know, one of our museums that, you know, just like all of our local museums across the country that, you know, are hurting during this time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with museums like that, like these old grand houses and plantations and mansions and 
and places where generations lived for good or for ill, um, you know, they could have a book about themselves, you know, just that structure alone. So while we don't give William Henry a lot of, of word count here, it doesn't mean we can't in the future expand on any and all of these great stories. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, right now it's a children's book, but also the parents are reading and they will probably want to know more about it. And we have a whole book on Drayton Hall, too, and it's architecture that's actually put out by Drayton Hall. So if anybody wants to learn more about Drayton Hall, there you go. You can go on our website and get that book when if you want to learn more about it. So we've got you covered at Arcadia Publishing. We really do. <laughs> so we're getting younger and younger. Yeah. Nancy. What, can you give us a preview of what's next in the children's series of books? Um, there might be some uh, joking around coming down the pike um, in early 2021. Things like uh, from a book that is about Denver or stems from Denver, I have a, a, a question for you, which is what hand do you use to pick up a Western, what is it? A Western Diamondback red, Rattlesnake. I have no idea. Someone else's. That's a, good, yeah, that's a good point. So we've got some jokes coming. We've definitely got some more ghost stories coming. Uh, and we're looking at, I mean, there's so many amazing historical figures that are celebrated every day. And then there are the ones that aren't so celebrated and should be. So we're, we're sniffing around. Ooh, I some, like that some, a lot some folks that we'd really, really love to bring to the fore. And, uh, and again, we just want to celebrate places and we want, uh, we're also looking younger. We're looking, I mean, we've got a, a lot coming out for middle grade readers, which is great. And uh, we're looking at slightly younger age groups to see what we can deliver to them and get early readers going. And even, you know, little fat board books to little chubby baby hands. Oh yeah. We know it's that never, very well right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it's never, you know, you're never too young. You should have a book. Uh, actually, nowadays, babies are read to before they're born, which is as it should be. Yeah. So we've got lots, lots on the on the docket. Well, Nancy, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Yes, I agree. Thanks again. And thank you, the audience, for listening. The children's book in our Spooky America series are Ghostly Tales of Charleston, the Ghostly Tales of the Queen Mary, Ghostly Tales of Michigan's West Coast, the Ghostly Tales of Pittsburgh, The Ghostly Tales of Long Island, Ghostly Tales of Savannah, Ghostly Tales of Connecticut, and Ghostly Tales of New England. You can find them online at ArcadiaPublishing.com and wherever local books are sold. As always, I would like to thank Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project for the show's theme song. You can find them on Facebook or Instagram by searching for Jay and Bill's Unnamed Band Project. I'll be back next week with another spooky episode. <laughs>